this morning, as it always is, because it's the Word of God, but um, I was really excited, anticipating uh, to bring this Word to you this morning, but I want to talk to you about the power of purpose in the believer. In everything that you do for the Lord, there has to be a purpose. We cannot just be taken by the wind. There has to be a why. And if we read uh, 1 Kings 17, 1 through 16, uh, you'll understand a little bit of what God is going to speak to us. And it goes as following. Verse 1 says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan, and you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And he went and lived by the brook of Cherith, that is east of the Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and he came to the gate of the city, and behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand too. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty. Until that day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and her, he and her household ate for many days. And the jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty. According to the word of the Lord that he spoke by his servant Elijah. Before you ask for something church. Or begin to pursue something in life. The best three letter word that you can include. That will define many times the misery that you will face. Or the success that you will achieve is why. Before you ask for relationships. A new venture in your business. Before you ask for a new job etc. Ask for God's direction. Before you ask for wealth or prosperity, ask for purpose. You know, it will take, uh, I will take for you the example, the creation of a ship. In all that that ship is going to experience, to all the places that ship is going to arrive, 
in all the challenges that that ship is going to face, the safest place for a ship to be is at harbor. How many agree with me? The safest place for a ship to be at is at its harbor. Stationed. Anchored. But the reality is, is that that is not what ships are for. Everything has a purpose. And you and I have been created for a purpose. And it is vital to every believer to live with purpose. If you're not living with purpose, you are running after the wind. If you are not living with purpose, no wonder you live more sad than joyful. If you are not living with purpose, no wonder you feel confused instead of clarified in your walk. If you believe your life has potential, hear me, church, hear me. If you truly believe that your life has potential, it cannot become nothing without purpose. Living with purpose means that you believe, yes, your life has destiny to achieve greatness. How many know that your life has a destiny to achieve greatness? How? Through and by the power of the Holy Ghost. That is the way that you will achieve greatness in your life, by the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit in your life. But it will never be until you decide what? Until you decide to live for the why and not excuse exclusively for the what. You see, purpose is greater than your what. It is your why. When you got purpose, you're not focused on what you can have. You're focused on why you have it. You see, when you got purpose in your life, you're, you're not running after what you can have. You're running after why you need to have things in your life. Yeah. And see, many of us, we're already starting the year living by the what. What can I get? What can I achieve? What can I grab? What can I go? Where can I go? You know, what can I uh, uh, attain in my life? God says, get your eyes off of what and start figuring out the why in your life. Start figuring out why I let you wake up in the morning. Start figuring out why I let you go to that job that you have. Start figuring out why God has given you the family that you have. Yes, the children that you wake up and have to deal with and have to live and, and pour all of your greatness into. Ask the Lord why, because every day is a a new edition of the purpose of the why of your life. And if we don't understand why we're running after the wind, we don't understand why we wake up, then misery starts to settle in the life of the believer. Then we start to live in, in, in resentment. We start to live in anger. We start to live in frustration. But when there is purpose in the life of the believer, come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. When there is purpose in the life of the believer, it doesn't matter if you're anchored at harbor. It doesn't matter if you're in the most difficult part of sea at the biggest storm of life you will know there is a destination that you are going to and nothing can deviate your life from what God is doing when there is purpose the devil can't mess with you when there is purpose the devil can't toy with your emotions he can't mess with your mind he can't mess with your heart when there is purpose in your life you are unstoppable to the greatness that God has destined you for living with purpose means that you believe God has destined you to achieve greatness, but it's not going to happen until you start living for the why and not exclusively for the what. You see, what we want needs ultimately a why. We need to decide to start valuing our time, church, as if the magnitude of our harvest depends on it. 
You need to start uh, valuing your time as if what? As if the magnitude of our harvest depends on time. Quit wasting time because your time is so valuable in developing the magnitude of your harvest. Start understanding how important your life is because if you start understanding how important your life is, you start valuing your time, valuing your friendship, valuing the things you get into, valuing the things that you start. You start saying, God, if it, if it has no purpose, I don't want anything of it. When we start to value purpose in our lives, it depends. It starts to create the magnitude of your harvest. You see, when purpose resides in the life of a believer, fruitless conversations are no longer important. You see, when purpose resides in the life of the believer, awareness is present concerning the influences of your life. You start becoming aware of who is influencing you. You see, when there is purpose and it resides in the life of the believer, you know, uh, uh, the going nowhere actions and habits we have gotten used to start becoming uh, an issue for us. You see, when you got purpose and you start uh, focusing on God, having a purpose in your life and fulfilling that purpose, you start to get irritated at the things you are idle in your life. When you start re re uh, realizing that God has a purpose, you start figuring out that the nonchalant moments of your life and the wasting moments of your life start irritating your spirit. Because you always got to be functioning, completing the will of God in your life. When are you going to start getting irritated that you're wasting an hour? When are you going to start getting irritated that you're wasting a day? When are you going to start getting irritated that you're wasting a week, wasting a month, wasting years? How many years have you wasted running after what isn't the purpose of God and you still haven't gotten tired? When you start valuing your life, you start valuing that there is a purpose on your life, you know, fruitless conversations are no longer an issue. See, purpose clarifies your aim. Purpose brings intentionality to your charge. Let me say this again. Purpose clarifies your aim. Purpose brings intentionality to your charge. But most importantly, it keeps you vigilant and sober in your judgment and actions to pa passive, purposeless behavior. See, when you got a purpose... You're no longer asleep to the passive, purposeless behavior. When you got purpose, you start to become aware and it starts to irritate you on the behaviors in your life that are passive, producing no fruit. I pray that you would begin to bring what is passive in your life to God because you cannot remain the same this year. I pray you break out of your repetition because you aren't going to go nowhere if you continue to repeat 2020. You got to get over your past and start declaring that today there is a future and forward. You see, that purpose that is in your life needs to clarify because you need clarity. Look what Proverbs chapter 19 verses 21 declares to us. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. How many know that? But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You know, we can look at this verse declaring, 
What God has purposed will always prevail. How many read that verse and think that? When we say, many are the plans in the mind of the man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We think, it don't matter what we do, no matter where we go, the plans of the Lord always stand. He wins all the time. I want you to look at it in this perspective as well. I want you to look at it in the perspective that no matter what our plans are, it also teaches us something else. If we want success in this life, it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Not just whatever you do, God's purpose will stand. I'm saying save yourself the heartache. Save yourself the misery of life. Because God is telling you also in this verse that his plans stand always. He's not only saying, I win. He's also telling you, you don't got to cry. You don't got to err. You don't got to mess up. If you trust me, you don't got to cry yourself to sleep. If you trust me, you don't got to lose. If you trust me, you don't got to retract. If you trust me, you don't, you don't have to have heartache. If you trust me, and you trust that my purpose is stand, you'll see success in your life. How many want success this morning? How many want success this morning? If the purposes of the Lord will stand, give God the charge of your mind. Give Him the charge of your heart. If we continue to charge this life emotionally and do not pursue purpose, although His purposes will stand, prevail, win, ultimately show true, why do we continue to fight the purposes of God? Why don't you just finally give in and let God be God in your life? A simple definition for purpose is the object toward which one strives or for which something exists as an aim or a goal. Here's a story that I want to share with you. One man came across three stone cutters working on a quarry. Each one was cutting out a block of stone. Curious as to what they were doing, he asked the first stonecutter what he was doing, and the guy said, what? Are you blind? The stonecutter shouted, can't you see I'm cutting this stupid piece of stone? Shocked but still no wiser, the man turned to the second stonecutter and asked him what he was doing. He said, I'm cutting this block of stone. I'm cutting this block of stone to make sure that its sides are straight and smooth to that the builder can build a straight wall. Feeling a lot better, but still not a little wiser as to what they were doing, the man turned to the third stone cutter. And the third stone cutter, who seemed to be the happiest of the three, he asked him the same question about what he was doing, and the third guy said, I'm building a cathedral. The third stone cutter replied, as that way. You see, you got to understand something. When you understand the purpose of God, you're not talking negative. You understand, you're clarified. You're not saying, I'm just cutting, you know, this stupid stone. See, when you know your purpose, you're not just saying, I'm trying to make the edges straight. No, when, you're, when you have purpose in your life, you understand you're building cathedrals. You see, when you got purpose in your life, it's not a confusing thing to have. When you have purpose in your life, it brings clarity as to what your mission is. 
You want to know why you give up so easily? Because you don't know which cathedral you are building in your life. You think you are just cutting dumb stone. You think that you're just making it straight on every edge for somebody to do something else. No, you have a purpose. You're building a cathedral. You got to start understanding what is the mission? What is the vision? Why do you wake up? There has to be clarity. There has to be a definition as to what you are doing in life. Just as in this story that we just heard in the account of Elijah, we see the same process happening. And how purpose has the power to impact the attitude of our lives as we trust God. Did you know that? Knowing purpose, knowing purpose impacts the attitude that you have as you trust God. If you're feeling miserable, grab a hold of some purpose so that your misery starts going away. Because your purpose determines your attitude. How well you understand it determines the attitude and the character that you have as you trust God and walk. Romans 8.28 is effective again, once again. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to what? His purpose. We see how God orchestrates every event in life. Every suffering, our temptation and sin. Why? To accomplish both our temporal and eternal benefits. Purpose has the power to diffuse the attitude of complaint. Let me say that again because I pray that changes in your life this morning. Purpose has the power to diffuse the attitude of complaint. In all that you will encounter this year and forward in life. Because it gives a reason for the outcome uh, uh, that you and I declare is great. See, when you declare God is doing something great and you begin to go through trials in your life because you know that God has a purpose in it, it starts to diffuse the complaining in your life. It starts to diffuse the anger in your spirit. It starts to diffuse the frustration in your walk. You no longer have a reason to say, I hate this life. I hate what's going on. I hate this thing. Why did this happen? have to happen to me? Why did they do that to me? See, when you believe purpose, purpose, diffuses every negative thing that you could ever dwell on it starts to get you to think the devil meant it for evil but God meant it for good all things work together for good for those who love God and are called for his purpose you see look at the ending part of the faithful apostle Paul and how he explains the glory of purpose these are the words now understand this what I'm about to read is Paul's voice and words before he is beheaded just listen to what he says but you, 2 Timothy 4, 5 through 8. But you, sober in all things, endure hardship. He said, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Verse 6, for I am already being poured out. You remember, I believe it was in Philippians where he said, and even if I am poured out like a drink. Now he is saying, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time of my departure is now at hand. Now look at this. Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. Hallelujah. He said, I have fought the good fight. And I have finished the race. And he said, I have kept the faith. Verse 8. 
From now on, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but to all. Now look at this. I love this. He says, but to all who crave his appearing. Look at the word of God says we ought to live. This is the purpose. We ought to live this life craving his appearing. And everything we do, it has to crave his appearing. Every decision you make has to crave his appearing. Every way you turn has to crave his appearing. Every decision that you decide on in life has to crave his appearing. You want success in your life and everything you do, seek the Lord. Lord, crave his appearing that it would be pleasing at the revelation of Jesus Christ when he comes back for us somebody bless the name of the Lord this morning hallelujah praise God you have to crave his appearing press to the goal believe purpose that something awaits you I pray that you also as Paul may declare one day my life has been a cup poured out not vainly but purposefully the glory of God, but more, are you living the, I have fought the good fight? Are you striving to finish the race? Are you keeping the faith? Look at what purpose looks like from a man that's about to be beheaded. A man that's about to be beheaded for the cause of Christ says, I have fought the good I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. He didn't say, I built a ministry. He didn't say, I bought a home. He didn't say, I climbed the corporate ladder. Your purpose is greater than what earth can give you. Purpose is greater than what earth can offer you. Your purpose is greater than the nine to five. Your purpose is greater than the phone you're paying every week on, every month on. Your purpose is greater than your car. Your purpose is greater even than your career. You're not understanding what I'm saying. Because when you declare thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what you're saying is that nothing else matters but what God needs to do in my life. It is greater than the clothes that we wear. It is greater than the luxuries that we got. You know, to live a life that is truly poured out with purpose means that your life does not rely on the social status that you have. To really live life by the purposes of God does not mean that... You, uh, means that you are not worried about what people think about you. You are not worried about what people do for you. All you are worried is living the purpose of God. I pray you begin to live with purpose. Quit worrying about what you can attain in this life. All these things shall be added unto you for those who first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. There is power in purpose. And we learn here in 1 Kings 17 through the life of Elijah, the power of purpose. Write these things down. We learn, number one, that having purpose, number one means, does not mean you are exceptioned to trial. Having purpose does not mean exception to trial. 
Verse 1 through 3 says, Now Elijah the Tishbite and Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no, neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. Understand this. This is by far the greatest truth that we don't learn immediately. But if we did, we would not lose our minds or our courage as we live out our purpose. Having purpose never means exception to trial, but acceptance of trial. Let me say that again. Having purpose does not mean exception of trial. It means acceptance of trial. You see, we should expect trials and tribulations because we got purpose. Nobody deciding on a career and getting ready to go to school thinks, I will not have any challenges. It would be foolish for anyone venturing into business believing there is a prosperity in the purpose and say, but there will be no challenges. Nobody deciding to apply for that higher position says, it's going to be easy money. So why is it that we expect for God's kingdom and his glory revealed through our lives to be cheap? Come on, somebody. Because what God is doing in your life is great and they are mighty things. How do we expect it to be any less? We marvel at trial. We complain at the need for consistency. We excuse at the call for loyalty. We tremble and shake at the need for fidelity when it gets difficult in this walk of the Lord as if we are exempt. But I want to shake you out of your cheap idea of the kingdom, church. The kingdom of God is not cheap. The kingdom of God is not something small. It is greater than the job you work at. It is greater than the family you wake up to. It is greater than the car that you drive. It is greater than the amount that you can attain in this life. The kingdom of God. God is life. The kingdom of God is life. Because of who is for you. Write this down. Because of who is for you. Because who is for you. That prepared what is for you. Being great and mighty. Will hurt. When it is done through you. Because who is for you. That prepared what is for you. Being great and mighty, it will hurt when it is done through you. Who is for you? God is for you. What did he prepare? What is for you? And when what is for you begins to take place, which is what? Great and mighty. Know that what is great and mighty from God will hurt when it is done through you. Don't you ever think that God being great and mighty, preparing what is great and mighty for your life, will not come with its sets of challenges. Hebrews chapter 27 verses 28 declares, The word once more signifies the removal of what can be shaken. This is what the word of God says. That is created things. Hallelujah. You'll understand. Created things so that the unshakable may remain. Hallelujah. Therefore, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us be filled with gratitude and so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe. Understand, the kingdom you are receiving is not created thing. It is not a man 
made thing. It has not been made. Look at this. It has not been made. The word of God says with hands of men. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But it has been created by God Almighty. And that is the kingdom that we are receiving in our lives. Why does God put us through trials? Why does God put us through difficult times knowing we are going to receive something great? Because he wants to remove what can be shaken in your life. He wants to remove what is meaningless in your life. He wants to remove what shall not stand at the day of judgment in your life but he wants a strong frame on you he wants a strong spirit in you he wants a strong mind out of your life he wants to create the best out of you why because the kingdom of God is invading you as a vessel first Peter 2 9 declares but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light having purpose means you are not exempt from trial having purpose number two is an assurance to provision you don't want to walk out while this message is being produced and given to you this morning. Having purpose means that there is an assurance to provision. Verse 3 through 7 is depart. He said, the Lord said to Elijah, depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and it did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and lived by the brook of Cherith, that is east of Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because that's what natural things do. Because there was no rain in the land. Job 42.2 says, I know that you can do all things, Job said. And that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. You got to start living with like that in assurance. That what God does, it cannot be thwarted. I don't care what devil comes against you. I don't care what demon arises against you. I don't care what situation or I don't care what desert is before you. When God has a purpose in something, no purpose of God can be thwarted. It cannot be stopped. When God says yes, it cannot turn to no. When God goes forward, no one can put it in reverse. What is in the hand of God, what God sends out of his hand, will do exactly what it is meant to do. And I want to just give you some confidence this morning. Because you might think that God changed his mind on the blessing, but he did not. And that just means that the purpose of God comes with its set of challenges. But don't you stop believing God. Prosperity is on the way. You ought to trust God because he pays your light. He pays your water. He makes sure there's bread on the table he makes sure that things are paid you better thank the Lord because though you might not have all that you want you understand that the provision of God does not stop following you it does not stop following you when you need it God provides it when you don't have it God makes a way this is the God that I serve and I would take living in the purpose of God any day because when I live in the purpose of God there's always a met provision in my life and I know Job said I know that you can do all things God and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted let me tell you something purpose will always lead you to the brook of Cherith purpose will always bring ravens don't you fear because when you're living the purpose of God it'll always take you to a brook of Cherith 
Don't you ever fear because when you're in the purpose of God, it'll always bring ravens to you, bringing bread and meat. Don't you ever doubt God. Don't you ever doubt God. God knows how to bring the brook of cherub to your life. God knows how to cause the ravens to come and feed you morning and night. Don't you ever say that God changed his mind. Don't you ever doubt what God is doing. My God is a financing God. It's interesting because we see Uber Eats before Uber Eats was ever created. God was using Uber Eats even in the days of Elijah. He, Elijah had delivery service morning and night by the ravens. And he didn't even need a phone to place the order. I'll tell you something. When you are living in the purpose of God, God knows it before you ask it. Hallelujah. When you are trusting God and you are living in the purpose of God, you're living by purpose before you open up your mouth. God's already providing through the ravens. God's already bringing a brook of cherith. When you least expect it, blessing comes your way. Prosperity comes your way. Favor comes your way. And God once again leaves you speechless with your mouth open saying, God, how did you know? And God is saying, because when I give you a purpose, I don't leave you by yourself. I'm with you every step of the way. I am taking care of you. There is never not a moment that your children will be begging for bread. I will not allow my righteous to be forsaken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of offering. When you begin to walk in purpose, delivery service happens day and night, bread and meat. When you begin to walk and embrace purpose, provision is an assurance. God provides church. God provides church. God provides. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God will never ask you to do something that in trusting him, he will not provide for you. Let me say that. God will never ask you to do something that when you begin to trust him, he will not provide for you. God is not like man that he should lie. When God asks you to do something and you begin to trust him, he will provide. Young people, get this in your spirit and in your faith. You want to do great things in your life. Trust what God is telling you to do. And know that if you do exactly what God has told you to do, he'll provide every step of the way. Don't you ever think, I can't go to that college. I can't achieve that in my life. I won't be. God said, I, you know, that I'm available, that I'm capable of doing. But, you know, I can't afford. If God said it, he's going to do it. I remember talking to a, a, a young man and a young girl. I was in a, a, a college conference speaking to a bunch of college students. And, and one of them was there. He was worshiping the Lord and praising God. And I looked at him and I said, God is going to finance one more time your year another year at the Christian college that you are attending right now he began to cry and marvel and he said you know what this is my last year because I don't have money to pay for my next year of tuition I said if God said it he's going to do it and a week later he messaged me and he said pastor they granted me free money to attend college I gotta buy my books come on he said I gotta buy my books you know I, I, I have to figure out a way to get that job you know back so that I can 
can pay for my rent, but God paid for my tuition. I want to just say this. When God asks you to do something, he's going to provide. He's a God of provision. He's a bank that will, say, will not say no. He will not deny the application. He will not deny what you need for your life. You just got to believe him. You got to believe him. Well, Pastor, look at all the things that are happening in the world, the pandemic. Financially, it's going to be hard. Let me say to you, don't stop giving. Don't you stop serving. Don't be cheap with the kingdom of God in your life. Don't you stop dedicating to yourself the purpose that God placed through your life to be fulfilled. Hear the word of the Lord. What does it say in Psalms 37, 18 and 19? The Lord knows the day of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. Let me say it again. They are not put to shame in evil times. You will not be put to shame in evil times and in the days of fast you will have abundance that's the word of the Lord don't you talk to me about well you know it's a hard time no because God knows the blameless God knows the blameless and their heritage remains for I don't care where you are you take your heritage with you take it with you the enemy speaks evil on you. You say, no, 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 that's not my heritage. My heritage is blessed of the Lord. I'm called blessed in the city. I'm taking my heritage with me everywhere that I go. Man, you're really in a famine right now. No, no, I'm in a famine, but I'm, my heritage is with me. So wherever I go, whether it be desert, wilderness, whether it be, you know, uh, a Theo's house or, you know, that problem in my life or this season of my life, my heritage cannot stop blessing me. It is tied to me to continue to provide. And God knows the blameless. And look at this. You'll never be put to shame. Grab this word. Put it in your heart. Never let go of it. Sister Inez, grab this word. Never let go of it. It is a promise. God will never allow the blameless to be put to shame in evil times. We're saying such evil times. We're living in these evil times. Yes, you're in this world in evil times, but you are walking in the favor of God at all times. Blessing and favor has fallen you all the days of your life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And blessed be the name of the Lord. In the days of famine, you shall have abundance and nothing less. Abundance is what you got. But don't you stop being faithful to God and believing him. I can't right now. Don't you rob God. Don't you take what is not yours. Trust God. Although Elijah knew the power that rested over his life, think about it. Look at this. This is interesting. And I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Just trust me with this. You, just stick with me. I got to give you this word this morning. Okay, look at this. You, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to stick with that, you know, 12, but there's some times where I'm just saying, you know, uh, uh, aguantate. You know, just deal with it because if wisdom means this much to you, you'll get it in because it, it means something for your tomorrow. Now, just understand this. Elijah knew that the power of God rested upon him, right? Didn't he know God's power rested on him? He knew it. But think about it. If he had the uh, authority given to him by God to dry up the land and cause a drought, something you are going to learn here is that how could God release his word through a man of God for a drought, kill him in it, and then in the process remove the future hope that through him he said that the drought would end. See, he said to Elijah, declare that there is going to be a drought and there's not going to be no dew and there's not going to be no rain. But just know this, Elijah, that I'm also saying that if when this drought, it's time to end, it is going to be you and nobody else that stops the drought. 
If God has seasoned you to go through a trial in your life, know that it is for your good. God is not going to let you die in your drought. That God said, this is what I'm doing. Trust me in the process. God's not going to let you die if he said, you got to go through that season. You got to go through that wilderness. You got to go through that desert. Why? Because then God would have failed by letting you die in the season of drought. He knew that through you, the drought would begin and knew that through you, the drought would end. Blessed be the name of the Lord and we see Elijah here trusting God just imagine Elijah you know he said uh, you know and the, as the word of the Lord says there will be no dew no rain I can imagine if Elijah didn't have faith he would have said except for me there will be no dew no no rain on the land except for me you know just me no no in saying there will be no dew no rain on the land meant that he also would be included in having to trust God. Wow. He too would be included in trusting God. Don't you ever go back on your word when things start to get hard. At the beginning you said, I'm going to believe you, God. Things are going to get tough, God. But I'm going to trust you and I'm going to obey you and I'm just going to love you and I'm going to worship you. Now, all of a sudden, things start getting hard. Then you said, but except for me, you know, neither do nor rain, but except for me, I, I get to drink. No, 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 no. You, you're not excluded out of, of having to trust God when you know that it is his purpose. Elijah could have said, let me create some turns. For the land, there shall be no dew, no rain. But everywhere I go, water shall always be flowing. No, Elijah said, there will be no dew, no rain, but everywhere I go, I'm going to have to trust God. Even I, I am not excluded as to what the nation, God is doing with the nation. I am part of that work. And I got to trust God. I got to trust God. Don't you ever think God is not in control when it seems, when, when it comes to provision through you, it seems as if right now nothing is producing church. Maybe you're in a dried up ground right now and God told you that it was going to get tough. God has a purpose. He's going to take you to get a drink of water when it's time. He'll provide, provide the morsel of bread when it is time. And in the purpose of God, there will always be a brook of cherith, ravens day and night, bread, meat, and water always. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts is the Lord, who is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear. This is the key for you. And does not fear when heat comes. Nor its leaves, uh, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. Don't you get anxious in the year of drought? Because you will not cease to bear fruit because you trust the Lord and the Lord is your trust. No matter how hard, you know, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't even want to figure out how I made it through 2020. All I want to say is it was God. Just, just leave it there. Because the moment we try to figure things out, we start, we start wanting to put glory on ourselves. Well, you know, yeah, that was me there at that time. You know, yeah, I, did. I remember doing that. You know, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with you. You're not smart enough to find the brook of Cherith. I don't care how good you whistle. Ravens don't like your whistle. They will not bring you meat and bread. Only, could, only God can do miracles like that. 
The provision you experienced all of 2020 was God's immeasurable grace to your life. Now tell me this. How many times did you fail in 2020? Yet God still provided a brook of cherith. Yet God still provided ravens that brought you bread and meat and water in the day and night. I'm telling you, God is so good. When he asks you to do something, when you are living by his purpose, provision is always prevailing in your life. Having purpose, number three, challenges your stewardship. You remember the next portion. I won't read it because you know the story. Elijah goes into uh, uh, Sidon where this widow woman, he says, go to uh, Zarephath. There is a widow woman that is waiting there to feed you. I want you to just understand this because this is important here. We see again provision again, right? God's providing for Elijah again. And he's providing for his servant concerning his purposes. But I want you to notice something here that maybe you've never noticed. Elijah is challenged here more than any other place that he has been at for provision. And I'm going to tell you why. The previous places of provision we read in the beginning chapter came from a place and an animal. Did you read that with me? Right? The brook of Cherith provided what? Water. And the ravens provided bread and meat. We see provision come from a place and an animal. But here we start seeing how God's going to use a person. <laughs> and see, God builds you up to see success in your life so that you would not fret or turn back when it's time to encounter people. Because many of you like being blessed in cherubs and in ravens, but when it comes to being networking and people and you know, having to transfer and have transference in your life, we start to close up. Right now is a time where you're going to see your greatest provision by meeting with some widows. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because his provision came from a place, an animal. But let me say this. Listen very carefully. Because you are called by God and there is a purpose from him on your life. What God has called you for was not meant to impact passive creation. Let me say this again. What God has called you for is not meant to only impact passive creation. So it's, in other words, it's not meant for you to just produce on the ground. It's not meant for you to be like Noah with all of the animals. It is also meant to reproduce in vessels, human vessels. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. When your pur purpose comes in contact with people, it is meant to reproduce you see, when you come to the land and when you come to the animals, you are taking, you are taking, you are taking. But when it comes in contact with people, then God brings you to a place of stewardship that you begin to reproduce. You begin to reproduce the blessing of God. And see, many of you just like to take, 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 but never like to put in fruit in action, reproducing what God is doing in your life, letting the blessing flow to others in their life. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. What God is doing in your life is meant to reproduce. You see, Elijah seen purpose arriving at the brook of Cherith. He found assurance in his purpose at receiving of food through the ravens. But at the widow woman, he experienced the impact of God's purpose through his life. There are some people that you need to meet. There are some widow spirits you need to meet. And that widow woman is one that is separated from the husband. Come on, somebody. That widow woman represents Elijah is going to a church that is not trusting God. And there we see the man of God transfer something. What did he transfer? Goods 
Resource? No, he transferred faith. See, when there's purpose on your life, you're reproducing in people. You're reproducing the goodness of God in people. Everywhere you go, blessing. Lifting up, restoration, mind, body, and soul. Yeah, hey, you're off of that, off of this, off of that. God is doing something. Everywhere I go, I'm making it better for people. Yes, it smells better in the Starbucks, you know, because of my cologne, you know, and i got to carry that little swag, you know, everywhere that I go, you know. But every hand that I shake, I pray that that person gets better. You know, I, I pray that every person that I encounter, that there's a smile, an interaction, emotional interaction, I pray that they would feel the Spirit of God on my life. Why is that? Because we're not just meant to take, we're meant to reproduce. We're meant to, what God is giving to us, we're meant to give it. And, you know, it is one thing for you to always live a life asking God for a brook of cherith. It is always, it's one thing for for you to always ask God, God, send ravens, send ravens, God, I'm trusting you, send ravens. Then there comes the moment where God says, I showed you my power. Now for you to see the next part of the power that I have over your life to provide, it's going to take for you to release. Come on, somebody, bless the name of the Lord. And we see Elijah getting to this widow woman, and he says, Elijah, do you want to see my provision again? Yes, Lord, I want to see your provision again. You direct the blessing that I have given you and the authority to now transfer on this widow woman let's see if she will believe me come on somebody bless the name of the Lord and I'm telling you this morning that the power would transfer over your life to see God provide even for you don't tell me about your cherith moments this year don't tell me about your raven experiences I want to know about the widows you came in contact the purposes of God are not fulfilling at the moments of the brook of cherith or at the ravens but when we start to obey God with people we become impacted you see, Elijah had to be a good steward over the purposes of God in his life. He could not pick who he wanted to impact and share the blessing with. At times, your purpose will have you in a drought, experiencing God's sustainment, yet it, it still has the ability to bless people. Isn't that interesting? You're in a drought in your life, yet you still have the ability to bless people. There's